Xbox One, D11, and Netflix brings back the blues. It's time for... Hello and welcome to Ajaz Tech. I'm your host, Alex Zarnowski. I'd like to remind you that Ajaz Tech is part of Ajaz Networks. Please be sure to visit ajaznetworks.com for all of our latest shows and blogs, including The Salinor Show, Rant, and Internet Amazings. With all the rumors surrounding Xbox about always-on connectivity, it was amazing to discover that Microsoft had no intention of locking us into Xbox Live Jail. They did, however, shackle gamers to a connect and require us to install Blu-ray Media games to the included 500-gigabyte hard drive. Perhaps the biggest shocker was the name, Xbox One. They kept that name under lock, key, brick wall, and forced rumor leaks, apparently. The name Infinity sounded so sweet and almost fit the puzzle, but with Microsoft's new hardware direction, that being it wants to become your only device that controls your TV, gaming, and music experience in the living room, it fit quite well. Even when it was announced on stage, it didn't really feel like they were calling it the first Xbox or relaunching entirely. The metaphor seems to fit. But what about its power? The Xbox One is actually less powerful than the PS4. Each console has 8GB of RAM, but the Xbox's is DDR3 at 2133MHz compared to the PS4's DDR5 at 5500MHz. They share a similar graphics architecture, that of the AMD Jaguar series. The Xbox has only 768 cores compared to the PS4's 1152. That's 1.23 teraflops compared to 1.84 teraflops. The PS4 is the clear winner in terms of power, but it's all down to the games and capabilities of the hardware. It seems clear that the Xbox One has the edge in terms of overall functionality, and that might explain the need for less expensive internals. What about those games? Microsoft seemed to be keeping mum on the games since E3 is so darn close. And it also decided to keep its announcements confined to an exclusivity launch deal with EA Sports, a new Forza, Call of Duty Ghosts, and the big one, an independent Halo TV series backed by Steven Spielberg. You heard that right. The Xbox One wants you to watch Halo and play Halo, all while voice-controlling your TV from your comfy couch. Oh yeah, that controller. It seems taller and thinner while maintaining the same look from last gen, but they moved the Xbox button to the very top and filled that space with a share and Windows-like button. The D-pad is more classic with a flatter design and no danger of being too spongy feeling. During the announcement, if you happen to be watching on your Xbox with a Kinect attached, you would have experienced a slight power outage. Anytime they gave the Xbox One a command using their Kinect on stage, Viewers at home suffered those same commands. That's a very unfortunate bug to have to squash. Maybe they can leap it out next time or request the viewers at home refrain from using their connect during the broadcast. Kind of seems like this whole voice command thing doesn't really work. Now does it? That being said, the new connect is always on and always listening, so it can serve you better. Don't be sad, Galaxy S3 owners. Just because the S4 is here doesn't mean that Samsung forgot about you. According to Samsung, GS3 owners should be getting the GS4 software functionality update in June. That also means that you won't be getting features that are hardware dependent. Features include multiple lock screens, a new overall interface that will mimic the S4, driving mode updates, and I'm hoping that we'll see some multitasking updates. There's no word about the addition of new camera features, which I have to say are really fun to use on the S4. 
The new firmware has been leaked online and works perfectly fine. But with June only a week away, it would be better to wait for an official 4.2.2 release. Tim Cook kicked off this year's D11 conference. He seemed as confident as ever on stage, praising Apple for its great products and focus on the intersection of different services. Walt Mossberg and Kara Swisher got to ask Tim such long-awaited questions pertaining to the future of Apple TV and wearables. Tim was about 90% silent and 10% willing to tease these future products. He was most concerned with the right marketplace and the practicality for products that are wearable. He reasoned that not everybody wears glasses, and you might not get someone who doesn't need glasses to start wearing them. Tim went on to give the example of if he asked a room of 20-year-olds to hold up a wristwatch, the majority of them wouldn't be wearing one. He seemed to be most interested in sensor technology, which he admitted is a hot product and something that he was wearing at the moment from Nike. As for the Apple TV, he went as far as admitting that there is a grand vision for such a product and joked with Walt and Kara that they would be the first to see it when it was available. So that leaves us little room as to understanding what is taking them so long. Is it Hollywood or is it product development? As for the questions about taxes, this is where Tim seemed to be most passionate. He was interested in tax reform and essentially justified offshore banking because of the way the United States taxes products and production of products. It seems that there is less incentive for people to manufacture in the United States and he doesn't want other companies to gobble up potential work for Americans. Businesses tend to go where it's less expensive to sell and produce if they intend to turn a profit. Apple pays $6 billion tax dollars. That's more than any other company in the U.S. Tim said they'd be willing to pay even more if they had to, but he'd like to do it under different terms. Lobbyists have made it nearly impossible to reform tax laws, and Tim hopes that one day it will be streamlined into something better. As for the future of Apple, WWDC is coming soon. Tim mentioned OSX and iOS and Johnny Ive. He had admitted that Johnny has been working on the next version of iOS. Will this be the year where the two products intersect but don't converge completely? It also sounds like there's room for a new product line. There was mention of products such as the iPod that evolved into multiple products that fit multiple needs. Maybe a new product like a tablet convertible is just around the corner. Or will we see the iPhone take a page from the iPod Touch and get a new pink job? I'm guessing that we will see more software than hardware announcements at this year's WWDC, which could define the future of Apple products. Tim also said we'd see more effort behind content creation rather than consumption. It could mean the reveal of new production software or even the long-awaited Mac Pro refresh that almost every prosumer has waited for for the past two and a half years. WWDC begins on June 10th in San Francisco. Finally, if you have a Netflix subscription, you are now able to enjoy a family outing with the Bluth family for the first time in a long time. Well, that's all for this episode of Age As Tech. Got Stitcher? We're on it, so get it. Stitcher is an award-winning provider of news, talk, and radio for your mobile phone. Stitcher Smart Radio, the smarter way to listen to radio. You can find all of our podcasts, including Cinema Clash and The Saliner Show, at ajaznetworks.com. Follow me at twitter.com slash ajaztech and search for my name on Google+. You can email me at ajaztech at gmail.com. This show and more at AJAZ Networks.
originally different media for your personal taste.